the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hello, welcome to Masterclass U.S. Wine Market. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Craig DeBlois to the Italian Wine Podcast. Craig is the president at Noble Estate Wine and Spirits, representing wineries from around the world and selling to the LCBO and to restaurants throughout Canada. Craig developed a passion for wine in his 20s, working in banking, and has now been in the wine industry for over 20 years. Uh, welcome to the show, Craig. It's really great to have you here. Typically, we talk about the U.S. market for the title, but we're happy to be pivoting today and talking about Canada. Thanks, Juliana. We're friendly neighbors. Exactly. We share some borders. <laughs> so, yeah, happy to talk about Canada. And I am an American citizen and lived about 15 years in the States. So, yeah, absolutely. So, but before, Craig, we dive into today's discussion about the Canadian market for Italian wine, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, how you made that transition over 20 years ago from baking to this world of wine that we're in. Yeah, well, I lived in Michigan for a couple of years of high school at Cranbrook and went to university in upstate New York and found myself in banking and worked overseas. So I had the opportunity to work in Luxembourg and Zurich and also down in Johannesburg and just developed a passion for wine in my 20s. In my early 30s, I went back to school to do my MBA and, and help with that career change. And I have you know family history in the business. My grandfather... Bob Saparito was was in the booze business in Boston in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And my aunt Paula, Paula Saparito, worked for uh, some great California producers and, and also for Southern San Francisco down to, to Carmel. So Paula was kind of really a big inspiration for me getting into the business. And these sound like Italian names, Italian Canadians, I guess, then. Yeah, my mom's a Saparito from north of Boston, and my dad's French Canadian, and he played hockey in Boston and met my mom. So, yeah, so that's kind of the connection. Got it, got it. Okay, that's how you came to be. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely an Italian connection here. Great. Well, Craig, in this episode, we know we're focusing on the Canadian market for Italian wine, and what we want to focus in and learn from you is, number one, how the wine market in Canada works. You know, it's different than the U.S. and it's different by province, we imagine, too. So just how do you get set up if you're looking to sell your wine uh, into Canada? Number two, how do you successfully sell Italian wine in Canada? And number three, finally, why Italian wines are so successful in Canada and what has been trending recently in terms of what categories, varietals, styles, et cetera, are really catching the attention of the market. So just let's get started with that primer on how the Canadian market works for imported wine. Well, yeah, each province is different. From a production standpoint, we all know how fragmented wine is. I mean, there's a lot of small family estates and a lot of farmers. And, you know, we are seeing consolidation here a bit in distribution as in the States. But there's still many small agents in Ontario. The sales channels primarily are through government monopolies. So the two best markets for wine in Canada 
are Quebec and Ontario, Ontario being the biggest and, and the most populous province, and Quebec being a, a really great fine wine market. And both Ontario and Quebec have pretty uh, strong monopolies. The further you move west, Alberta is a market that's wide open. And then when you get out to the far west coast of British Columbia, you find a market that is kind of in between a monopoly and an open market. And then, you know, there's smaller provinces kind of on the east coast and, and in between. But uh, really, you know, we, we focus on, on Quebec and Ontario because they are the best markets and they really are amazing markets for Italian wine. Both Ontario and Quebec, the second largest import countries is Italy. And what the first I'm going to guess is French. So in Quebec, for sure, yeah, being a predominantly French province. And in Ontario, it's actually U.S. California Cab really has taken off in the last 10 years. And French would be the third. Got it. I don't know if this is fair to say, but in my mind, at least looking at Canada, I mean, I think of the coasts and then I'm like, there's a whole lot in between and north. But is it fair to say that a lot of the wine sales, I mean, as you mentioned, are kind of concentrated in some of the eastern provinces. But what about, you know, out west? How do you see that market, you know, in the Vancouver area for Italian wine? Yeah, it's a little tougher in the west. Alberta is a market that, you know, they're cowboys. So, you know, they love big reds. We are a cool climate nation. Canada is known to be pretty cold. So red has always been king. We are seeing a bit of a shift towards, you know, lighter and whiter and rosés. And one, one interesting little statistic here is it's roughly around 95% of the population of Canada lives within an hour or two hours of the U.S. border. Yeah. And there's so much north of that. 95%. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's really, it's huge, the impact, I guess, of the U.S. economy. And, and really, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to get as close to that Florida sunshine as they can. But Maybe. Yeah. One interesting thing about British Columbia is they have a very strong domestic wine market, I guess. The wines from British Columbia are excellent. And, you know, the Okanagan, it's a desert. They can really produce some great reds. Right. Mm -hmm. And white. And the BC wine consumer is very supportive of BC wines, which is really cool to see. And I think the further west you go, the further you move away from Europe, and in Italy, the more impact, well, I don't think we're allowed to say New World Wines anymore, that, that your more New World Wine has a stronger foothold. Right. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. And what you said, Craig, about 95% of the population living close to the U.S. border kind of leads me to my next question I had, which was, you, know, you also have your American citizenship and some family here, it sounds like. So how would you summarize the core differences between the U.S. and Canadian market, you know, for Italian wine specifically? Yeah, well, I think they're both great markets for Italian wine. We uh, we have huge communities of Italian people that have emigrated here, both the U.S. and Canada. You know, I think from a demographic standpoint, Canadians, we have a much larger middle class than maybe in the U.S. I think there's a, a greater distance between the upper class and the lower class economically in the U.S. You know, Toronto is the most diverse city in the world, I believe. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have thought that. That's interesting. Yeah, you walk around Toronto and it's amazing. I mean, there's uh, we have a huge Asian community, East Asian. You know, where I am right now, there's a big Chinese community, East Indian community. Our immigration policies are quite open right now. So we're seeing a lot of new Canadians arriving. Very interesting. 
That makes sense in terms of what you've laid out as those differences and similarities. So let's talk next to you about selling wine in the Canadian market. You've done this for over 20 years now. Talk to us a little bit about what you feel are some of the keys to being successful in working in the Canadian market. Italy's just such an aspirational place. I think, you know, that's part of the success of California is people love that California culture and, and Italy might be the most aspirational place in the world in terms of, you know, travel, food and lifestyle and, and certainly wine. They're set up for success automatically. And then the number of Italian restaurants around the world is a real boost as well and, you know, hugely helpful. You know, the other thing that, you know, we see more Italian wine producers here than any other country. They really work the market and engage. I can tell you, we're friends with all our Italian producers. We spend a lot of time with them and they really deliver that whole experience that we're looking for and that our consumers are looking for. The other great thing around Italian wines is is they have success at retail and on-premise. And not all wine nations are experiencing that success at on-premise that Italy does. Interesting. And why do you think that is? Or is it the cultural aspect of diaspora you have of all the, you know, immigration from Italy in Canada or the food? Like, what do you think is the reason for that? Yeah, I think it's a mix. I mean, Italy offers probably the best value at every price point from any wine producing country. They have great value wines at, you know, $10, $15, and then their top wines are phenomenal as well. So, And there's a real diversity in styles, you know, from, from Amarone to, you know, Grillo. And I think they appeal to every wine consumer. I mean, I think that uh, some of the, the new world countries are, are really kind of new to selling wine. And, you know, a lot of restaurants, look, look restaurants are, are so stretched right now that they have to make decisions and they can't sell everything. So, yeah, I think Italy's a, a real safe. Yeah, value is key, right? Especially when you're looking at budgets. And if you think about, like you said, the value that Italian wine brings in so many different categories. Speaking of categories, Craig, what right now is hot in Canada and Italian wine? What are people really excited about? So at Noble Estates, at our agency, about half of our wines, uh, half of our sales are Italian wines. And the founder of this company was a native of Calabria, a huge part of our portfolio. The traditional kind of kings and queens of Italian wine of, you know, at the value end, it's Pinot Grigio, Prosecco, Rapasso, and then obviously Amarone, we're a great Brunello market. I love Barolo and can't get enough. And I really hope that, you know, prices don't get too astronomic there. Well, there's always Longa Nebbiolo and other great wines from Piedmont that we can enjoy when they do. Five years ago, we couldn't sell Longa Nebbiolo. And now there's a real demand for it. Wow. So, yeah, I'm excited about those kind of, uh, you know, almost like, you know, baby wines, you know, like the Rosso's and and the Longa Nebbiolo's that are kind of have a place now. And then I love those wines just for my palate in particular, but you know, so many interviews, I ask this question a lot, like what's trending for Italian wine in your market and uh, Piedmont is pretty much the first word out of everyone's mouth. It's so interesting to see, you know, and then next comes Sicily, but you know, that the way that the, the category has grown in so many different ways, right. From the collectors and, you know, being in the same sentences with Bordeaux and Burgundy and then to to some of the whites we're talking about now, the Longi Nebbiolos and such that 
offer more value from from the region. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're lucky, you know, in this industry, we get to open a lot of nice old bottles. And and I just find that the consistency of an old Barolo, it almost always just delivers and, and really rewards a little a little time, whereas, you know, some other, other regions can be maybe more hit or miss. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. But they're all in Timorasso now, which I'm enjoying some of our Timorassos, like Galliardo and Borgonio and but yeah, and then, yeah, so new kind of up and coming, we're like Sardinia is something that, you know, on a much smaller scale, but, you know, we're seeing a lot of interest from Psalms and Sicily. I think White Lotus sure helped uh, Sicily and the tasting that they did in, in season two there was actually at Planeta, who we represent, and it's been a real boost for them. And the market, I mean, the market is one of the best regions in the world for value oh yes you know from uh you know from <laughs> Tino and the reds are exceptional exceptional but still kind of flying under the radar a little bit so really offering great value that's right so Lamarque is one of the kind of under the radar regions for us here and i think for the world just producing amazing value wines we represent money ronki their verdicchio is exceptional Pecorino is really finding a lot a home, not just at restaurants, but also at retail. And the Reds and are just offering such great values. That's kind of a, a region that we're having a lot of success with, and you know, both at restaurants and with the LCBO stores. That makes me excited to hear it because I just was in Le Marque late last year uh, with one of the Vanitaly ambassador trips. So we drink tons of Verdicchio and it was really cool actually to explore some of the ageable Verdicchio and taste some older wines. They're really fascinating. Uh, and the old vines and oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of magic happening there. And then uh, Brusco is another kind of area that is in favor now. And for us, it's just at restaurants, but uh, nice to see, you know, those wines that are really so diverse and, and quite unique, I think, in the wine world. You mentioned, Craig, that a lot of Italian producers, maybe more than any other imported wine region in Canada, are working the market and are in Canada. And what would you say the key to having a successful market trip for an Italian producer coming to Canada? How far in advance should they be planning? How should they be making appointments? Just talk us through just even just a little bit tactically how to make the most successful Canadian market visit possible for an Italian winery. Well, I think... Uh... You know, communication, having a great agent is critical. You know, we're really your local expert and we take care of everything. You know, we're your point person with the monopolies with LCBO or SAQ in Quebec. We have a real strong dialogue with Psalms and the wine media community here in Canada. You know, really it's, yeah, planning ahead because, you know, it's really important to have wines available and the right wines here. It's important to show your best and really what you can do. We love showing big bottles and older vintages to really help educate. I mean, you know, the wine business, it's a lifetime education. You know, every region, every varietal, you know, the evolution, every vintage is different. It's really kind of one of the exciting things. And I think challenging things about, you know, working in this industry is is staying on top of all the, the trends and changes. Yeah, but it sounds like, you know, something you're you're saying, Craig, is like bringing some older vintages, some, some bigger bottles, something that'll really get people excited in the room. 
works well in Canada. Is that my hearing that right? 100%. Yeah. And also really communication and trusting your agent and like any market, right? That goes for the same here in the US, having a really strong relationship with your importer and your partners locally, communicating well in advance, your timing for your trip, et cetera, so that you you can make it as productive as possible. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Exactly. The Italians are really good at bringing us there as well. Like you mentioned, your trip as an ambassador, you know, our Psalm community, our wine writer community is in Italy, you know, almost annually. Some of the regions, you know, Tuscany, County Classico, Montalcino, I think really does an exceptional job. You know, Barolo, they do a pretty great job as well, bringing them back. And it's funny, you know, I was just in Bordeaux in September and I was with two of the top wine writers in Canada and they hadn't been to Bordeaux for 20 years, but they're in Tuscany every year. So. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Italy does a great job at every aspect, I think of the industry, they really are dialed in and certainly the OCM funding has been a, a big help for the producers that have been able to maximize that. And I'm not sure how long that'll continue, but you know, the government marketing support has been well used. Oh Yeah. It makes these trips happen. But like you said, having that cross-Atlantic travel and in both directions is really key. And like you said, I mean, Italy's doing it well. So let's just keep at it, right? And, and we all love to, to visit Italy, of course. So <laughs> I don't think you have to twist anyone's arm too hard to make a trip over there. Exactly. Bring that bon vivant uh, lifestyle and uh, and just represent. Yeah, exactly. Like you said earlier, you know, the aspirational lifestyle of Italy is something that the region has that so many others can't claim, right? And the better we can capture that lifestyle, you know, as we're marketing and talking about the wines, I think the more only more successful the the region and the categories can, can become. On that note, Craig, I'm curious, what do you see as the future for Italian wine in the Canadian market? I see a great future because as I said, they hit every price point and, and offer great value as we transition away from the bigger style wines and, you know, the bubbles coming out of, you know, Franciacorta and Top Proseccos and just a variety of indigenous white varietals that the curious wine lover can explore from Italy. Yeah, they're really, I think, well positioned. We're definitely going to be heading into a, a tough year in 2024, just with the economy and, and consumption. I'm not so worried about young people because, you know, if they're drinking White Claw, it's hard to respect that because it tastes like cardboard. But you, you hope that, you know, they'll graduate to wine and, and something with the story and, and history and, and flavor. And so, you know, I have faith in the youth of North America. You have faith in the youth? <laughs> they'll, they'll age into it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's also lifestyle, right? As you get older, wine becomes more part of the lifestyle. We're listening to a webinar earlier this week about the fine wine consumer. And I think it was like something like over three quarters of people who responded said, their favorite way to drink wine is at home or with friends. So if you just think about lifestyle, when you're in your early 20s, you're going out to bars and clubs, um, you're not sitting at home drinking. And then when you're in your 30s, you're sitting at home drinking over a dinner party. And that's when you're opening great wines. So definitely, I think there's some truth into that, that argument that people will age into wine. I, I do think, you know, at the same time, we can't 
be stagnant as a category and, and, and the way people buy and consume products has changed. So we also do have to make sure that digital is, is key. We've got great websites set up, social media, et cetera, because those are still the ways you know millennials are going to expect to buy things even as they age into the category, right? Well, you're a great example of that, you know, bringing uh, kind of a modern feel to uh, celebrating wine. And uh, yeah, that's uh, we definitely need more people like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, on that note, Craig, as we wind down, we ask all of our guests a few questions. In this case, the Canadian market, usually the U.S. market. But if you can do your best to answer these in one sentence or so, what is your number one tip for mastering the Canadian wine market? That's a tough one. I would just say we're not the U.S. I think, you know, the hard sell in the U.S., it's maybe a little more aggressive. Canadians, I think, are a little more understated in general. And I guess, you know, just recalibrating your approach in the Canadian market is probably a helpful advice. Okay. Number two, what is something you might have told your younger professional self about selling wine in Canada? Do it sooner. I had a lot of fun uh, traveling mm-hmm. the world as a banker, but I did not love my job and I, I don't think I was very good at it. So, you know, I think if I had started earlier and worked at a winery, you know, for a few harvests and, and get that full experience, I think it would have would helped me out a little more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, we all travel a lot. We were just talking about, you know, going back and forth to Italy. What is your favorite travel hack when you're traveling for work? Well, I've started traveling with a wine suitcase because I love bringing great wines home that, that we can't get here. And, you know, now, I, you know, my clothes 20 years ago, I, I didn't really care if a bottle broke in my suitcase, but now my clothes are a little nicer. So <laughs> I definitely uh, fill that suitcase and, and bring home a lot of mostly big bottles. That's a trend I hope you know, picks up and, and we see more magnums because it's party in a bottle and they age so well and, and they're oh, just, yeah. just something that's fun. Big bottles are fun. Yeah, totally. Especially, you know, I know we're in January now with this episode, but maybe so we all need a break from the big bottles after the holidays, <laughs> but they are especially fun with those big groups and everything. Well, Craig, thanks so much for being here today on the Masterclass US Wine Market. Uh, it was really fun to kind of switch gears for an episode and talk about Canada. How can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, well, I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram and uh, we our website Noble Estates. I'm on LinkedIn, so yeah, I'm always happy to answer questions. Uh, you know, we're not really actively looking for new producers, but I know most of the agents in Ontario, and you know, some are big, some are small, some focus on restaurants, some focus on on the LCBO or, or the SAQ. And uh, always happy to make recommendations and and connect uh, with great agents here. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that support, Craig. Thanks so much. And thanks again for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully see you uh, in person someday. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.